Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. It's good, my man. NFL draft is not too far away, so I'm getting very focused on Jets football next year. Well, um, this is you know your takeover of my show. Yes. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we love for being this here. office. Yes, you're doing incredible things. I want to start off with just a series of questions. Sure. Um, talk to me about why you're so obsessed with the hustle. It feels like it's controllable. You know, it's tough, you know, in a world where I, look, in a world where I've accomplished a lot of great things and I'm in a very happy place, like, it makes me want to bring other values to other people, right? And so, if I'm giving advice, if I'm putting out content, if I want something good to happen, if I'm so selfish that I want somebody to email me and say I've changed their life, I want to give them practical advice. And hustle's the only thing. I can't tell people, become more talented. Like, you're not, you know, like, hey, become smart. Like, yeah. like smarter was good. That was good advice. But that's not good advice anymore because information's on our hand. Like, memorizing information is not good advice anymore. Right. Like, what do you want to know? Here it is. Yeah. So like, right? So that's not good. What's, what is controllable? You know, work three hours more a day. Like, now work three hours more a day if you're sitting at home and complaining. If you're not happy with your life, if you're pumped, if you make a million dollars a year or $50,000 a year, if you see your kids every day, if you never see your kids, if you go to tons of ball games, if you've never watched sports, however you roll, if you're pumped, if you're watching right now and you're pumped, God, mazel tov, like I'm so happy. Yeah, like, yay, is. yay. Yeah. If you sit at home right now and you're watching this on a small screen on your laptop and you're not pumped, the one thing that I know everybody can do is watch a little less of House of Cards, is go to the bar a couple less times with their buddies, it's play a couple less games on your, don't play fucking Candy Crush, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse them <laughs> behind me, you know, but yeah. you know, that is why I'm obsessed with hustle, because it's the one variable that everybody can control that can change the outcome of their lives. Yeah. So you talk about learning from losing, you know, you talk yes. about... You know, this thing, you know, people watch this show, they're, they're in startup mode, they're entrepreneurs, or they're just trying to make it happen, they're trying to win. But you talk about uh, learning to love losing. Yes. Can you break that down a little bit? If you're putting on an entrepreneurial jersey, it's kind of like UFC. Like, nobody's going to go undefeated, right? Like, you know, expect the loss. Look, we become friendly through the years. Yeah. Like, there's ups and downs and, like, you know, like, it's just, you lose. You lose along with winning. Look, I, and I'm also trying to talk about it a little bit more because I'm such an optimist that like everything out of my mouth is like, yeah, like, I mean, I don't have a gear to complain about my losses. I'm not gonna make content that, you know, is has me crying. And so I just know that being an entrepreneur means that, I mean, right now, I'm in the, in the midst of putting together a big deal, in the not executing it properly in the last 12 months, I've lost a million dollars. Now, you know, listen, I've done well, but that's not easy for me. Like, that's not, I'm not, you know, I'm not Beyonce yet. You know, and so, um, So you're talking about it because you want to get people ready for I'm talking about it because I'm feeling a bigger responsibility because more people are paying attention. And I want to make sure that people see the whole picture. It's why I'm focused on Snapchat. It's why I'm doing Daily B at scale now. Like, I'm showing people, like, my hustle is different than your hustle. Like, I don't have 20 minutes. There is no 10 minutes today that I'm gonna watch a funny YouTube video that my buddy sent me. Yeah. That doesn't exist. And so, I also wanna talk about losing. Like, losing is part of the equation. Every entrepreneur loses some, now for me, I like micro losses. Thank God that losing that kind of money is now a micro loss, I'm not out of business. 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm taking micro losses to make sure I don't have a macro loss. Yeah, yeah. Well, Seth Godin's told me too. He, you know, told me like a year ago. He goes, you can't have the success without the failure, and the person who fails the most wins because what goes along with that is that you know you it'll come back a different day. And as long as the person that loses the most is self-aware, because there's a lot of people who will go from 20 to 80 years. I, there are people in my sphere that interact with me on social that I'm 100% sure will never win. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. It's yeah. a tough thing to say, and I don't like to say what I just said, but they will perpetually lose in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and then die. I fully believe that. Is that lack of talent? It's a lack of self-awareness. Okay. It's not lack of talent. We all have talents. We all have two or three things, four things, that we're better at than the other things we're good at. Now, your best thing that you're best at, you might actually just be average in the whole world at, but if it's your best thing, it's the thing you need to do, because being average is a hell of a lot better than being below average. Right. Got it? Yeah. Self-awareness is the ultimate, the ultimate in our society right now, and we're living through a time right now where a lot of kids are being sold to become entrepreneurs when they're not. We're living in a time where people are being told to become famous and extroverts and put out content, and they're not. And as somebody who's living that life, I want people to understand, like, look, you have to be built for it. In the same way that I wasn't built to be a scholar, and even though I grew up in the 80s and 90s when being a good student was the game, I fought against it because I was self-aware. Now we have the reverse. There's so many great students that can go and become amazing consultants, make 500,000 a year, have a beach house, marry attractive people, have a great life, but they're gonna go and become startup founders and spend six years failing, going into depression, not winning. It's a real thing. Yeah. Self-awareness. So your advice is to double down on what you're good at? Quadruple down. Yeah. Like, uh, doubling is not enough, right? Brian, like, like, all of it. Yeah. Like, we just were talking before about, you know, some services where I'm like, I'll pay for anything. Like, if you're not good at hanging a picture, have somebody else do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, this goes down in some of the, like, the best advice I've ever gotten in my life, professional life, from you about going all in. Remember that day we talked about being, you can't be half pregnant? Yes. You either are or you're not. And I really took that to heart and, awesome. and doubled down on what we're doing here, so I appreciate and, and, it. And the thing is, and you know this, and I'm going through it myself, and I'm watching you from afar, I'm paying attention to the people I like. It's a marathon, man. Yeah. It's not like you're the host of the biggest show on CNBC today, just because you did. Yeah, congrats on CNBC, by the way. Thank you, but do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a marathon. Yeah, but that may not even be my end goal, right? May like, not. So it's a, maybe a series of smaller victories, or the aggregate, or... There's just, or the process. There's lots of ways to Like, it's so insane. Like, I'm so much more obsessed with the idea of trying to buy the Jets than buying them. Yeah. Like, like I just don't think that people, I don't think people understand life. I don't think people understand what they do in their 70s and 80s and 90s and whether I'm an old soul or I can project my feelings or who the hell knows why, but it's very crystal clear to me. Like, it's just not money. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. We talked about it. And, and by the way, I'm gonna say something. Easy for you to say you have it. It's just not how I acted when I didn't. Like. Like, you know, it's so fun for me to get emails from my high school and college friends who knew me before, who knew when I didn't have the money, and they knew that I loved the game. I loved waking up at 5 a.m. and going to a flea market and buying stuff for four bucks and then selling it for 11 bucks. And I wasn't gonna buy mansions with my $7 profit on my four hours of sleep. It was the action. Yeah. You're super competitive. Do you think you grew up with that chip on your shoulder? Like, sure. want to prove everybody wrong? Sure. Yeah. I wasn't American. 
was short. You know, like, like um, I was a shit student. Like, I, uh, people are always like, ah, but have you ever had adversity? I'm like, you mean my entire childhood? Like, yes, basically the first 18 years of my life, I was told by the market that I wasn't good. Like my teachers now who email me and beg for their children to work at my company told me I was a loser. By the way, it was not a politically correct environment in the 80s and 90s. Like, when I say was a loser, if you're like a high school kid right now, I don't know if teachers are allowed to do that. Like, it was, come into my office, Gary, you're a loser. <laughs> like, it wasn't like, oh, you're struggling, or you could focus on, you could be so much better if you apply yourself. It was, Gary, you're a loser. Stop disrupting my class. You're not going to make anything of yourself. So obviously you've, you've remembered those feelings yeah. and you still carry those. Of course. You, like, I love, that's why I love losing. It's a motivator for me. So I don't believe anybody, right? I don't believe anybody. I don't believe their comments in YouTube. I don't believe you. I don't believe my mother. I believe me. Yeah. So what do you do when they come ask you those favors? Do you say yes? Or you 100%. Be like, Being the bigger man is always the right thing. Yeah. I hold no grudges. Yeah. I understand. I understand 100% why somebody thinks that I'm a douchebag or egotistical because they watch this one clip. If, if you watch this one clip where I just said, I don't give a shit about anybody and I'm the best, the hell are you gonna think about me? I get it, but I also know who I am. You know, and I also know that people that have interacted with me know how I'm different. But you know what's different too? Is it comes back around and nine times out of 10, you are right. Well, listen, that's good. Listen, the audacity continues to grow. Yeah. I, it's been nice that I've been right. I promise you, it'd be difficult to, like, if I was walking around with the ego I walk around now off of all those losses, that would be hypocrisy, that would be tone deaf, that would yeah. be lack of self-awareness. I'm comfortable in, look, in this narrow thing, if we were sitting down and talking about our Batman skills, I'd be quite humble. I'd be like, I don't know, I, yeah, I played tennis, I could probably be okay. But if we're going to talk about business and marketing and branding and stuff like that, that's me. Yeah. That's what I'm great at. Talk about gratitude. What's, how important is gratitude? I think it's, I mean, for me, you know, you're asking questions because you clearly know me and you, you understand what drives me. Gratitude is my driver. And maybe help the people who are watching, right? Yeah. So who understand the principle of gratitude, thank you for this. I'm grateful for that. But give us like a practical application for business. How, why gratitude matters. Well, if you're grateful, I think it's a segue to kindness. It's interesting that you asked me that last question. I can't be mean to my teachers who thought I was a loser. First, I understand them, so I'm empathetic. Second of all, I'm so grateful that, you know, I'm a white, rich male in America. That means I've pretty much won the life lottery. Now, I'm not lucky. Well, I'm lucky that I grew up a white, that I was born a white male. And I'm lucky that I was born in a communist country in Russia and came to the place where I could make my dreams come true. So, but I've worked for it, but I'm just grateful for, listen, I've had some unfortunate things happen. I lost three or four, three of my four grandparents before I got to know them, right? Two before I was born, one right when I, when I was a little guy. Um, so I haven't dealt with a lot of death. But you know, there's a lot of people that, my, my, my mom lost her mom when she was six. My dad lost his dad when he was 15. You know, like, I'm grateful for the health and well-being of the people I love the most. Like, yeah. every day I wake up and I dream and daydream and convince myself that a major tragedy has happened to me. I mean this. This is where it gets a little weird. Today, at some point already, I just know, I, I was in the taxi cab, I may pretend that my children got hit by a bus and died. Like, I know that's weird and I know this is weird, but I do that because I want me to feel it because coming in here and losing a client or having a great executive 
quit or who knows what? Do you know how secondary that becomes? So when you're grateful for what you have instead of being worried about what you don't have, you're in a totally different mindset. Go talk, a, a, a gal that works for me here uh, grew up in New Orleans and I, you know, I do my five minute meetings, get to know them and I'm like, when she told me her age and she grew up in New Orleans, I'm like, talk to me about Katrina. She's like, yeah, we lost everything. And I'm like, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I started going into my like, let me be nice mode. And she's like, best thing ever happened. Yeah, she's like, a different perspective. She's like, when I didn't have like my clothes or my gadgets or my stuff, and we all like, our family got really close, you realize you don't need anything. Yeah. It's just that, I'm grateful. I understand what drives me. As long as I can have the pursuit of being an entrepreneur, I'm good. Which is why going to zero doesn't even scare me because it means that I can rise like the phoenix and prove that I'm a two-time entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. Talk to me about regret. You talk about, you know, regret is the, the most dangerous and it's the worst. Yes. You know, I spend a lot of time with old people and, uh, and I, uh, I, uh, I don't want to regret. Because you can't fix it. Like, you can't fix it. It's done. It's done. It's history. I can't fix the first five years of my marriage that I didn't go with my wife on two extra vacations, which I should have. You know, like, like I blew it. I blew it. I worked too much. I should have went on two 10-day trips, which would have given me 10 different monumental memorial in my mind forever, ingrained in my mind, close, I'd be closer with my wife today trips, and I didn't do it because I was hustling. And so I, but I don't regret, I spit it out, and what I do is I learn from it, and I don't do that with my kids, and I've spent a lot more time carving out lots of chunks of time, right? Even though I work a lot and I hustle, everybody knows, I'm taking seven weeks vacation a year, these are meaningful trips. Yeah. Two, three weeks in August, two weeks in November, seven, you know, like, it's great. Yeah. I've got memories, like, things are happening. Here's the problem, at 80, you don't have really the time in front of you to make amends for what you didn't do professionally or family-wise. Yeah, you spent it. So, you know, I'm, I'm talking about regret because I don't want all the 20 and 30 year old hustlers that look at me and see that I work 20 hours a day to make the same mistakes I made with their partners. I'm saying it because there's a lot of people in their 40s and 50s right now that have a lot more time. Do you see that video I made, the six minutes for 60 years of your life? I loved it, it was really inspiring to me. Right, because yeah. we're in that age group. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm getting, I mean, I met a guy today, he like cried, he's like, I'm 53, I thought I was finished, but I'm just stuck, you're right. Yeah. Like I can do this for 20 more years, easy. Well there's a handful of these entrepreneurs, you know, whether it's Colonel Sanders or Ray Crocker, yes. you know, these people that started yes. late. But it's, you, know, you know what's funny? It's funny you said that, and I want to actually pound on this for a minute. There's also like this thing that we all do, and I do it too, those are such anomalies. What about 53 year old Stan, who makes $218,000 a year, which is a living and a half? but he's miserable. Yeah. And he's got enough money, and if he takes real self-awareness, can take a step back, make a buck 30, but has enough savings and has, you know, his kids are away now, like he, he doesn't, and is happy as shit. Right, it's about how you measure the success, right? 100%, like yeah. listen, you wanna make $10 a year your whole life, but see every great city in the world? Like I don't, I don't give a shit about pyramids. I don't wanna see the Eiffel Tower. Fuck the nice Amazon River. I don't you give don't a shit, things. I don't you like don't that, I don't like that. Cars, yeah. I don't want things, and I don't even wanna see things. I just want the pursuit of building. Yeah. And so self-awareness, right? Yeah. I'm not gonna check the box because the cliche thing is like, oh, we're gonna go see, I don't wanna see the Mona Lisa. I never wanna see the Mona Lisa. 
I just don't. I think it's stupid. But if you do, that and and you want to see the Mona Lisa and the pyramids and the and everything, and and you, I mean, you can do that making forty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. You might get paid to blog your trip around the world. Hit up, you know, if you really want that, let me give tangible advice. If you really want that, think of every travel company and cold email every single company, American Airlines, Avis Car Service, like, uh, and then find the executives on Twitter and be like, hey, I got an idea, hey, I got an idea, and literally ask them to pay you to go to 58 cities in the world and you'll Snapchat and create content for them. And literally, right now, I just gave a piece of advice that 99% of people that want to travel and see everything in the world won't do, but 42 people will, and one of those people will literally email me in 24 months and said, hey, do you remember when you did this interview? I literally did it, and I don't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, you know, Turkey Airlines said, okay. Yeah. And I literally just saw the following things, that I'm 26 years old, and what I thought was gonna take me my lifetime, I just accomplished it last year, because I Snapchatted the entire thing, and they think Snapchat's cool right now, and they don't fully understand it, and they think I'm 26 and I get it, and they fucking flew me around the world, and I saw it all. Yeah. Do you know how crazy that is? It's possible though, that's the world we live in. The reason I painted that picture is people need to start breaking the rules. Stop going about it the way you think it's gonna be done. It's why 40 to 60 year olds needed to hear my message because we grew up in an era where 50 and 60 was over. Yeah. Like you started your retirement. You can't do anything. You didn't wrap your head around, wait a minute, I have 20, 30 more years? Yeah, so. I wanna talk about this thing called, that I'm calling emotional equity. Okay. Um, I think of it like, a little bit like jab, 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 right hook, where, but I think of it like bank account, where it's debits and credits. Um, I want to... Providing people value? Yeah, I know. The key is completely, and I know where you're about to go, and I, I, I should probably, yeah, you, we're like talking a different wavelength, like providing, providing value, and then something good may happen in return, things of that nature, like creating value, and then it comes back to you. I think the big key for me, everybody, That's I'm on a tight schedule. Okay. The big key for me is not expecting anything in return. Right, and I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that, and that's, and that's fine. It's how, I'm, it's how I'm being able to do it. Who's someone you can think of who's not related to you, who's not AJ or someone that, you know, in your Go family, ahead. that you would do anything for because you have that emotional equity already built up? Brandon Warnicky. Okay. Why would you do that something for Brandon? Because he's my best friend since 14. Okay. He's worked with me at Wine Library since he was 22, and he genuinely does nothing that isn't in the best interest of me or my family's business. He has a zero selfishness with any of his, his intent is pure as shit. Yeah, it is all about intent, isn't it? The only thing. So the question really When is, I feel that people are doing nice things for me because they're waiting, I'm putting up content about Jab, 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 Right Hook, and then I'm watching them, and then some of them are silly enough to say, hey Gary, I've jabbed, I've jabbed, I've jabbed. Now here's the funny thing about jabs. They've done things for me that I haven't asked for and they've done them solely because they want something in return. Right. I'm much more, I'm just giving you guys opportunities. Don't do that to me, because I'm gonna be visceral to that. In return, you have a way better chance of just asking me with the right hook right from the beginning, because if I feel like your jabs are loaded with the intent to ask for something in return, right. when your jabs were you got me, you got me, you know, a, a Jets jersey, or you gave me a shout out. Like, like it's it's unbelievable how many people are trying to gain me. Well, that's the equivalent of walking into the car dealership and they've got free donuts. It doesn't mean anything. Dude, it's the only reason I'm doing this interview with you is because I don't feel that with you. And there's a lot of people that I have similar relationships like with you, and I do feel it with them, and I won't do it. I won't give them my number one asset, which is my time. 
and I guess that's really my question is like so if this isn't about us if it's about these guys right like so how should they be Evaluate. Give without expectation of return and recognize how the world actually works is if you're actually giving without expectation of return, many things happen. Number one, the person you're giving to is guilted into giving back 50% of the time. Yeah. And the other 50% of the time, they're spending all their time telling people about how awesome you are. So what if you're, let's flip the script a little bit, Gary. Like, I know, I know. Let's flip the script just a little bit. Like what if you're the person who is in the position of power or, you know, everyone has sort of the upper hand in the friendship or relationship. Yes. How should you react to that generosity, you know, that emotional equity? Whatever, you, know, you know, it's funny, I, I struggle with this a lot because so many people play this on me and then some people are doing it naturally, some people aren't. I just go with my intuition. I mean, look, you can only go with your intuition. If you think somebody's gaming you, well, then you should have that conversation or tell them or not do anything or, you know, a lot of times I ignore it, like whatever. Um, and if you feel like somebody's bringing you value, like I just go with whatever feels right. I, I don't really think about it. It's very difficult to think about it. Yeah. Like, right? Like, I'm not going to get a chart of like it, you know? Because it's emotional, right? That's what, that's what I'm trying to wade through is like, you know, do I need to really hook this person up or help this person because we have this emotional equity? Like they need it and I feel like they deserve it or should I be like it's business you know if it's pure yeah. then you try yeah. and you're truthful with them like listen again you have the benefit of like interacting with me for the last half decade you know when I feel like I can do stuff you know when I feel like I can't do stuff I think it's about being a man right or being a woman like you know like honesty honesty man yeah. like I think you know and the place where I'm not honest is where people gain me, then go in for the ask, and I may just ignore it. Right. I don't come out and say, look, dude, let's call a spade a spade. The shit that you think you claim you did for me, you did half-assed, half-pregnant for you to be able to ask for this in return, and that's not how it works. Right. The other way to do it is just to ignore it, but like, it's up to you, you know what I mean? But that's how I think about it. Well, let's get out of this interview. I know yeah. we got to go. Yes. Final last words yes. to 20-somethings. 20-somethings? Getting ready to graduate college. Yes. What, this, what should they be doing? The first five years of your life out of school should be 100% predicated on living the thing that you dream about the most, a.k.a. if you want to be a rap mogul, then you should hit up P. Diddy and Jay-Z and fucking, you know, every single player in the game, Birdman, and you should work for them for free for five years. You should literally live in a shithole. You should literally eat shit food. You should literally round up your other seven buddies that want to make it happen too. And you should all go work for free because I'm not joking. The number one way to win is to be as close to the sun of what you want to be. When I watch what's happened to Andy and D-Rock and Tyler and Stefan, it, it is insane to watch their growth when they're close to it. Yeah, they gotta I, I, I gotta tell you, I've never worked for anybody in my life. If I could do it over again, in my 20s, I would've decided I would've worked for Vince McMahon for a year for free, and a Disney executive, and a, like Coke, like, I would've done it for free. I would've done it for free, because I would've learned so fast. You can't learn that fast any other way. You're taking short-term money for 20 years to get to where those people are versus eating shit when you can, when your life is good like that, like when you're in your 20s when you can eat shit, when it's kind of even funny, when it's kind of like easy. Like it's easy to go to a shit. You just came out of a shithole dorm room. Just stay in one for five more years. Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Gary Vee Experience. Now go out and share this, pass it on. Let me know what you thought.